Metamore City, Season 2, a podcast series written and performed by Chris Lester. For show notes and author contact information, please visit metamorecity.com. Hello and welcome to Metamore City Live for Balticon 47! I am very excited to bring to you guys the first new Metamore City story that has been heard anywhere in about a year and a half. Um, it has been way, way too long, and it's wonderful to be back with all of you wonderful people here at Balticon. And I have a whole cast full of wonderful people here with me. To my left, I'm just going to go ahead and let each of them introduce themselves. Mildred Katie. Hugh O'Donnell. Renee Chambliss. Patrick Scafido. Laura DeCole. Veronica Jaguer. Brian Lincoln. Nobilis Reed. And Doc Coleman. All right, let's give a hand to the Metamore City players. So when we rehearsed this thing, it ran straight out to 50 minutes, just about. So uh, it may go faster the second time it usually does. But if it doesn't, um, hit me afterwards for questions if, you're <laughs> if you have some to ask. Because uh, we need to make sure that we clear the room uh, for the next panel in a timely fashion. All right. So without further ado, the Metamore City players bring you Rafa Kaliri and the Book of Shadows. The wind blew down from the north on a cold April morning, and I knew I was in for a rough day. Most folks in Metamore City wouldn't know any different, but I'm a Luton. My people come from way north of here, in the hard, cold land of Inu Lutonaka. We ain't got much by human standards, but there's two things we know better than anybody, and one of them's the weather. So take it from me, a north wind in April spells nothing but trouble. You'd think I'd learn to take my own advice. Instead, like a sap, I headed into work. Morning, Betty. Morning, boss. Betty, my assistant. Two meters of armor-skinned Daedra. She and I got a few things in common. We ain't from around here, we're about as pretty as a traffic accident, and we've got issues with authority figures. She's bound to my service for the next seven years. Long story, don't ask but we get along better than you'd expect. And she keeps the riffraff out of my office. Here, I brought you a snack. Chicken livers? Ah, boss, you shouldn't have. Eh, don't get all mushy. It was on the way. Here, the Bowman case is ready to close. The professor was right. It was the gardener. Ah, nice photos, boss. His divorce attorney's gonna love you. Of course, I could fix Professor Bowman's problem a lot faster and cheaper. <sighs> no, Betty, we I am not giving you permission to eat Mrs. Bowman. We're not in that kind of work, remember? I'm just saying you mortals make everything way too complicated. <sighs> Hello, is this O'Leary Investigations? This is. Welcome, I'm Rafak O'Leary, the proprietor. Neil of Yornery, Alta Incorporated. It's a pleasure, Mr. O'Leary. Here's my card. Oh, thanks. Um, I'd give you mine, but I guess I'm fresh out. Not to worry, sir. I already have your number. Do you have time to discuss some business? I apologize for not calling ahead for an appointment, but the matter is rather time-sensitive. No trouble, Mr. Vionry. Step into my office and let's talk. 
I took a minute to pour myself some coffee while I sized up my new guest. He wore midnight blue pinstripes like a second skin. His haircut probably cost a hundred marks, and his patent leather shoes were worth more than the rent on my office. Oh, and he had a pair of sapphire blue horns that curled back like a goat's, and they were polished till they gleamed as bright as his shoes. That got my attention. Tieflings weren't uncommon in Metamore, but if Alta Incorporated sent one to my door, well, that was very interesting. So, Mr. Viornery, what's on your mind? Well, Mr. Leary, I'm an antiquities consultant. I'm hoping to enlist your help in tracking down some missing artifacts from a client of mine. I see. Uh, let me grab my notepad. All right. What are you looking for and where did it go missing? Where is easier to answer than what in this case? Have you heard about the recent passing of Ginger Shield? Can't say that I have. She was a high master wizard in the Rasmussen School of Illusion. A human. She died six months ago at an obscenely old age. And like most wizards of her rank, she left behind a sizable collection of antiquities. Oh, believe me. I know all about wizards and their collections. What did she steal? That's where it gets complicated. It appears that between 1880 and 1920, Wizard Sheil acquired a vast set of valuable artifacts from the corrupt officials of the Republic of Lom Shiyun. Unfortunately, Wizard Sheil was not the man's only customer, and he did not keep records of what was sold to whom. We only know what went missing from the vaults and museums during the time he was in office. Over the years, Lom Shiyun has tracked down most of these artifacts. The remainder were presumed to be in Wizard Shield's possession. Mm, why is that? Because Ginger Shield was better at concealment magic than any other mage on the planet. She once made an entire mountain disappear, just to prove she could do it. If she wanted something hidden, it wouldn't be found. Not while she was alive, anyway. Ah, so, Lom Shion loses a bunch of knickknacks. They're pretty sure this Metamorian High Wizard has them, but they can't prove it and nobody's talking. Oh, but they love that. It was a sore point in Lomish Imperial relations, yes. The Lomish government resigned itself to wait until Wizard Shield died, then try to get them back from the heirs. Alta Incorporated was hired to help the family catalog everything and auction off the estate, so Lomishun sent a representative to work with us. We found a number of Lomish items, some displayed openly, some in small hidden caches. A few old cups, a tea set, some art pieces. All ancient and valuable, to be sure, but nothing like the hoard we were expecting. Mm -hmm. You think your boys missed something? We know we did. Two months ago, the manor was sold to a housing developer. Earlier this week, they began renovations. That's when our seers suddenly detected the presence of a hidden chamber in the heart of the mansion. The developers must have broken the focus for whatever spell was keeping it concealed. But by the time we got there, the chamber had already been emptied. The owners showed us what they had recovered from inside, but again, the artifacts we sought were missing. We want to know who emptied the vault, what else they might have found, and where the items are now. Okay. So, let me make sure I've got this straight. A hundred years ago, some stuff got stolen from Lom Shiyun. Some of it got found, and some of it's still missing. Of the stuff that's missing, some of it might have been sold to Wizard Shield. That connection's pretty solid, actually. We have the payment records. We just don't have any descriptions of what she bought. <laughs> right. Because buying knickknacks is the only reason a rich, powerful person would line the pockets of a government official. 
But let's say you're right. She did buy something, and you just don't know what it is. Maybe she doesn't tell anybody she had it. And maybe she never sells it or gives it to anybody else. And maybe she hides it in a magical super vault. And maybe somebody steals it out of the vault before you can get there. Am I on track so far, Mr. Viornery? Yes. Okay. So what I'm hearing is... You're looking for something. You don't know what it is. You don't know how long she had it. You don't know who took it. And you don't know when they took it, where they took it, or even if it was there in the first place. Um... Do you know what a Grulkin hunt is, Mr. Vionri? Because I had my fill of those before I ever left the Northlands. And if that's all you got for me, there's the door. You can use it yourself, or I can have Betty help you with it. Your choice. Mr. O'Leary, please, I assure you this is not a scam, not a diversion, or an insult to your abilities. If you're unconvinced by your sincerity, I am authorized to triple your usual retainer. In cash. Here, count it. Triple? (sighs) Triple. Gods, you're serious about this. As serious as the grave, Mr. O'Leary. Loam Shiyun has been waiting a very long time to bring these artifacts home. We want to help them. Okay. Say I take your money and look into this for you. I got a few questions first. By all means. First, why do you care about helping the Lomish? See, I know all about Alta Incorporated. You're a front company for the Lothanasi Order. What? That's absurd. (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) Look... You guys liquidated Tyria Kemmler's assets when she went down last year. I saw her penthouse. There were some damned expensive things up there that never showed up on the auction block. It struck me as a funny way to do business, so I did some digging. Turns out you handle estates for a lot of big, scary people. And what comes into your office ain't exactly what comes out. So who's got an interest in keeping big, scary magic off the streets, has the pockets to manage it, and wouldn't want to be seen doing it? Overprotective plus overfunded plus underhanded equals lightbringers. Even if what you're saying is true, how is that relevant to the job I'm hiring you for? That's what I want to know. Alta wouldn't be involved unless there was something dangerous. And the last time I got involved in finding a dangerous what's-it and didn't know the whole story, I ended up with two angry dragons fighting for the chance to turn me into Luton Tartar. So, what aren't you telling me? The truth is, we don't know. But sometime between 80 and 90 years ago, Ginger Shield's magic evolved in a rather unsettling direction. She began to exhibit powers that no illusionist has displayed in centuries. She became reclusive and paranoid. The papers she published in her later years... Well, most of them were so esoteric that no one could make heads or tails of them. Ginger Shield touched something man was not meant to know. We believe the key to that forbidden knowledge was inside her hidden vault. And now it's loose in the world, and we don't know who has it. Alright, so that leads me to my second question. How am I supposed to know what I'm looking for if I find it? Ah, in that, we're on firmer ground. The Lomish ambassador assigned an arcane attaché to assist in the artifact's recovery. Acquisition. I'm sorry? The ambassador assigned an arcane attaché to assist in the artifact's acquisition. Come on, man, don't start with the alliteration unless you're going to finish the job. we got standards to keep up. What are you... Uh, am I interrupting anything, gentlemen? Gah! Ah. Who are you, and what are you... What, what are you... Uh, 
Oh, mama. Good morning, Mr. O'Leary. I am so sorry to be If the woman who had just walked through my door was late, it had to be because she'd stopped traffic. Her skin was vanilla cream, her hair a river of black ink, her eyes two shining crystals of aquamarine. Her ears came to delicate points that poked out through the raven hair. That and her coloring told me she was part moon elf. She wore silk up top and leather down low, and they clung to her athlete's physique like the ground racer on a winding mountain road. I took another look at those frostfire eyes and reined in my libido hard. In my mind's eye, that mountain road had a bright yellow warning sign. Dangerous curves ahead. No trouble, Miss Seong. I'm just glad you could make it. Mr. O'Leary, this is Ms. Seong Jin of the Lung Shiyun Republic. Ms. Seong, Mr. Rafuk O'Leary. It is a pleasure, Mr. O'Leary. <coughs> um, the pleasure's all mine, ma'am. Um, Mr. Vionri tells me you need some help getting back some state property. Indeed. Your skills as an investigator come highly recommended, Mr. O'Leary. Sigrid Navala sends her regards. Oh, um, great. She, uh, she a relative of yours? <laughs> no, Mr. O'Leary. I am not a dragon. Oh, that's good. Ms. Jung is a master illusionist and an expert in ancient Lomish spellcraft. She'll be able to tell if what you found is what you're looking for. Wait a minute. So you want me to drag in every knick-knack I find that might be Lomish? That sounds kind of impractical. No, Mr. O'Leary. I will accompany you on your investigation. Uh, now, hold on a minute, doll. Nobody said anything about taking on partners. I, I work alone. I sympathize, Mr. O'Leary. But as you yourself pointed out, that seems impractical. So is having everyone staring at us. I can do what I do because everybody ignores the little guy. Nobody with a working set of eyeballs is going to ignore her. I assure you, Mr. O'Leary, I can be very discreet. What? Where'd she go? She was sitting right there. And now I'm behind yeah. you. Illusionist, huh? Master illusionist. <sighs> I knew I was going to regret this. There were two things I'd learned to never trust. Powerful magic and a pretty face. Now I had both in the same package. And worse, I had to work with her. Still, it was triple my fee, cash in hand, and that wasn't the sort of thing I could just walk away from. Not if I was going to keep the bill collectors happy. So I left the retainer with Betty, got a good luck from Mr. Vionery, and headed out into the city with my new partner. Here's something you should know about High Master Wizards. There ain't a lot of them. 38 in a city of 15 million, to be exact. Although with Ginger Shield gone, I guess it was down to 37. It takes a long time and a lot of resources to become a High Master. So the ones who do have three things in common. They're rich, they're well-connected, and they're old. In Metamore, that means they usually live in the highest levels of the biggest towers in the city. So I was more than a little surprised when Seong Jin gave me the address for Wizard Shield's place. Not on the fourth Skyway level, but the first, the one just above the street. It was the blue-collar part of town, below the daylight world of the Skywalkers, but not quite the permanent darkness of the street. Some people called it the dusk level. 
it should have been an omen. There it is. Cooley Tower. Ah, figures. Is something wrong? No, I just... Look, Cooley gives me the creeps, alright? Every time I'm in that place, I swear something's gonna jump at me from out of a closet. Wizard Shield's manor is on the south side of the building. We should see the entrance in a moment. Is that it? The one with the gargoyles? Yes. Wizard Shield called it Tashun House, the House of Deception. Ugh, you see? Creepy! I had seen the outside of a lot of mansions in Metamore City. There's a lot of people here with more money than sense. And a lot of the old places have what realtors call character. In the case of Taishing House, the character was apparently a washed-up old movie star who did a lot of drugs in her early years and burned out before she hit 40. The bas-relief sculptures were dirty and worn down. Cracks riddled the steps and facing stones, and the front doors hadn't had a fresh coat of varnish in ten years. Sheil may have been a genius and a multimillionaire, but she clearly hadn't been spending any money or brain power on housekeeping. Things didn't get any better once we got inside. The developers were ripping out the decor with the gusto of a second wife trying to expunge the memories of her predecessor. Not that I could blame them, because the place smelled wrong. I don't mean wrong like a college bachelor pad after finals week. I mean wrong, like giggles at a funeral, like thumps in your attic on a dark night, like a crow in your window that won't stop staring at you, like a reflection in the mirror that belongs to someone else. And I wasn't the only one feeling it either. There is powerful enchantment here. Not all of Wizard Shield's works have faded. You should probably avoid touching things. Thanks. I never would have guessed. Get that veil up before somebody sees you. I gotta hit up the sniffer crew. As you wish. Man, wizards make it look so easy. Now, let's find a grunt who could use a break. Hey, hey buddy, you need a hand with that? Hey, yeah, uh, this flaming thing is bolted down inside that little crack down there. You see it? Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Where's your ratchet? Uh, here, it didn't do me any good. I can't fit my hand in there. Well, you're in luck. My hands are about half your size. Let's see. There, that's got it. Lift on three. Okay. One, two, three! There we go. Finally. I've been fighting that flaming thing for an hour. I thought I could just forget about the bolt and pry it out of there, but the damned wood wouldn't break. <laughs> I'm not surprised. This is dark wood. It comes from my country. You would have snapped your crowbar first. Damn. Glad you were here then. Thanks. Sure thing. Got a sec to help out a new guy? I'm looking for the sniffer chief. Nona? Uh, yeah, I seen her this morning. Uh, she was up on third floor, some kind of lab space or something. Thanks, man. Anytime. Nona? Here? Nah, can't be. Who is Nona? Doesn't matter. If it were her, it'd be a hell of a coincidence. You'd think I'd learn to stop giving the universe straight lines like that. Rafik O'Leary, as I live and breathe. <laughs> Hi, Candle. <laughs> you old tundra rat. How the hell are ya? Asphyxiating. Oh, oh, sorry. <sighs> Guess I better put you down. <sighs> City hasn't made you go soft any, has it? Not if I can help it. So you're gonna introduce me or what? Introduce you? 
Yeah, to your tall, shy friend with the veil over there. Smelled it the second she walked in. <laughs> Better come out, Miss Young. This one never lets go of a puzzle. Let go of you, didn't I? How did you know I was female? Played the odds. Uh, usually women do veils better than men. Hi, I'm Nona Candle, the crew sniffer. Xiong Jin, what is a sniffer? Sorry, she's new in town. Uh, sniff is the local jargon for an augury specialist. They sense auras, uh, sniff out stuff that people tried to hide. Ah, another detective. In a way, yeah. Uh, though some days it feels more like being back in the mines. Digging through a mountain of worthless junk for a bit of shine. So what's the hunt, Raph? You ain't getting mixed up in a Skywalker business again, yeah? <laughs> what can I say, Candle? You remember the mines. Gold runs downstream. <laughs> yeah, but most of the yellow stuff raining from Skywood ain't gold, shorty. Cert. <laughs> I think something is lost in the translation. Looks like we gotta circle back around for your partner. Yeah, I guess so. Look, I hear a big vault got cracked open here last week. That your work? Yeah, my team's working, yeah. Uh, Spence found it during the night shift, showed it to me first thing this morning. The junk inside was so hot I smelled it before I got in the front door. Damn. How the hell did everybody miss it if the magic was that strong? Spirits, man, I don't know. I walked by there a dozen times and Spence finds it by accident when he knocks a wall down. Best damn veil I ever saw. Yes, it would be. Miss Candle, we must know the name and address of every person who entered that vault. Now hold on there, Moonflower. Raph and I go back a long way, but that don't give you a license to bother my people. What are you looking for? What's your business? <laughs> business is mine, Candle. Alta Inc. wants to make sure they recovered everything should have been there. Miss Young's just a consultant to help me ID the valuables. Make sure we sift out the shine from that mountain of junk. <laughs> yeah, you'd need that kind of help, Raph. I've seen how you decorate. All the taste and sophistication of a drunk magpie. Yeah, what can I say? I'm eclectic. Will you help me or not? <sighs> oh, all right. For old time's sake, after Spence found the place... It was him and me and the crew chief did the tally on the goods. And that stuff all went straight to the owners. They skimmed off the shine and left the junk for us to pick over, same as always. What did you find in there? Eh, usual mix for crazy old wizard. A lot of odds and ends. Look normal, but aren't. Mm, more that looks magical, but ain't. Art pieces, books. What kind of books? Old ones. A uh, lot of languages I couldn't read. I uh, saw some dragon runes, some elvish, a uh, lot of eastern writing for some kind of Hanese or Yamatoan. Or Lomish? Eh, it could be. I ain't exactly a cunning linguist. Not what I heard. Jealous, Raph? How sweet. And much too late. Anyway, Alta said they checked with the owners on what came out of the vault. Whatever they were looking for, it wasn't there. Any chance one of your boys skinned something? Nothing valuable. Look, we find a lot of abandoned stuff in places like this. Most of it's just old junk that wasn't worth the time or money to ship out. The guys take home some of it. Bottles, plates, a few books here and there, maybe a picture frame or two. It's just gonna go in the trash anyway. Nobody cares. What about the books? Did they take any books from the vault? Hmm... Yeah, yeah, now that you mention about it, there was one that Spence had his eye on. It was bound in a black leather, no title or cover page. 
looks sort of like an old canticle. Uh, I remember the writing. Spence showed me a bit of it. It used the common alphabet, uh, but the letters were shaped kind of funny. And the words didn't look like anything you could pronounce. Sounds like a code. Yeah, Spence thought so too. That's why he wanted it. Wanted to take it home, see if he could crack it. The guy's a nut for that stuff. Spy novels, conspiracies, secret codes. You get him wound up and he'll talk for days about it. Did you notice anything else about the book? Any distinctive markings? Mm. Well, there was a bunch of scribbles somebody made in the margins. Looked like something halfway between Hanese and Elvish. Like this? Yeah, that kind of looks like it. What is that? That is Lomish. Where is the book now? Well, Spence took it home, I think. It uh, didn't have any magic on it that I could tell. No pictures or formulas either. Owner sent it back to us with the rest of the discards. Spence asked the chief for it, and he said okay. Did Spence take anything else? Not that I saw. A couple of the other guys took some candles and a little knife. The rest of it went in the trash. Siong, did Alta check the dumpster when they came here the last time? Yes, thoroughly. There was nothing of value. Damn. Candle, I hate to ask this, but you said Spence was alone when he found the vault. Is there any chance he took something before you got there? Raph, what kind of skags do you think I work with? I ain't no vulture. I know, I know, but something about this doesn't add up. I got a client paying me triple because they're sure something got missed or misplaced or overlooked. And the only lead I got is your guy Spence. Well, guess you better go talk to him yourself then. Here, I'll write down his address for you. But I'm telling you, Spence is a stand-up guy. You're running down a dead-end trail on this one, Raph. Guess we'll find out, won't we? Thanks, Candle. I owe you one. Yeah, yeah. Stay out of trouble, Raph. <laughs> Love to, but in my line of work, that ain't very lucrative. See you around. You better! You crazy tundra rat. Catching up with Nona Candle was all good fun, but the client wasn't paying me to reminisce with an old flame. So Seong Jin and I headed for the Valley South Borough and the apartment of one Mr. Michael Spence. Spence's flat was like a thousand others in the city, a little one-room efficiency place on the dusk level. It was in the middle of a day, and the poor schmuck was probably asleep after working all night, so I promised myself I'd keep the visit short. Mr. Spence? Mr. Spence, I need to talk to you. Perhaps he's not at home? Maybe, but why? This is prime shut-eye time for him, and you don't show up to a job like that underslept. Mr. Spence! Mm. Did you hear that? Someone is there. Mr. Spence, if you can hear me, open the door. Damn it. We've got to get this door open. I, I think there's a fire axe down the hall over there. No need, Mr. O'Leary. Wait here a moment. I'll never forget what I saw next. There was a shadowy spot in the hallway, a place where one of the lights had burned out and hadn't been replaced. Siang Jin walked over there and stepped into the shadow. And I mean she stepped into it. As in, one second she's there, and the next she's gone, like she just walked into a bank of fog. No sound, no flashy magic, just gone. And a few seconds later... Come in, Mr. O'Leary. Damn, nice trick, sweetheart. How'd you do that? No time. He needs help. Well, spirits. Spence, you poor bastard. Help me. Please. 
don't move him, Xiang. Any of those broken bones get turned the wrong way. He's going to start leaking blood everywhere. Uh, find his, his phone. we got to call emergency services. Not until we find the book. The book? A man's been beaten within an inch of his life, and you're worried about a damn book? Yes. Damned. If it is, if the book is what I believe it is, Mr. O'Leary, then it is indeed damned, and we should all be worried. What are you... Look, we got no time to argue this. You got anything in that bag of tricks to help this man? Healing is not my skill, but I can separate his awareness from the pain for a time. Do it. All right, that looks like it worked. Go look for your what's-it. Mr. Spence, can you hear me? Yes. Who are you? Name's O'Leary, sir. I'm an old friend of Nona Candle. Nona? Oh, Nona, I'm sorry. I should have listened. Mr. Spence, what happened? Who did this to you? Door. Huh? The door? Yeah, sorry we came in uninvited like that. I don't... No. Door. Kane Door. Did this. Oh, God. You gotta be kidding me. Who is Kane Door? He's a loan shark for the Vampire Crime Syndicate. Spence, you welched on a loan from the vamps? Are you out of your ever-loving mind? Swoop races. Made some... Bad bets. Nona always says it would come back to bite me. Well, she got that right. The book is not here. Spence, that book you got from Taishing House, did Dor's goons take it from you? <laughs> no. Dor wouldn't have known what to do with it. His men followed me, saw me sell it to a pawnbroker, knew it was worth something in the right hands, got a thousand for it, Guy didn't even haggle. <coughs> Door was waiting when I got home. Took the money, left with a reminder to pay on time. I thought my bill collectors were pushy. Sion, get on the damn phone and get this man an ambulance. Yes, we should leave before they arrive. No, Siong, you don't leave a man alone in this kind of shape. He'd be totally helpless. Ah, help the wanderer in need and someday he will do the same for you. The ethics of the nomadic savage... Better than whatever ethics you got, you ice-blooded creep show. What did you say? Never mind. Get that ambulance here, then get gone if you have to. I'll meet you back at the skimmer when we're done here. As you wish. Spence, you still with me? Sort of. Getting hard to think straight. Look, Spence, I need to know who you sold that book to. Where can I find him? Whitney Kendall has a shop. Not far from here. N Newton Tower. Thank you. You just rest now, man. Help will be here soon. O'Leary, don't read the book. Don't read it? What do you mean? Isn't it in some kind of code anyway? Yes. No. Think you can vague that up a bit for me? <clears throat> it's only in code. In the light. In the shadows. It's not in code anymore. Don't read it. Don't. Spence? Damn it. He passed out. The authorities are close. Do not wait too long, Mr. O'Leary. We have to find the book, and quickly. What in the nine hells is that thing, anyway? Power. Candle said it wasn't magical. Not all power is magic, Mr. O'Leary. We must be swift. 
The pawnbroker will look for a buyer. He will tell others what he has found. We must reach him before the wrong ears hear. What wrong ears? Who else wants this book besides you? Nightmares. Be swift, Mr. O'Leary. Gone. Damn it. I hate working with wizards. I stayed with Spence until the paramedics loaded him up into the ambulance. They said he'd probably need a full body cast, but he wasn't likely to die from his injuries. The police would want a statement from me, but I was able to put off that bit of fun until tomorrow. I met Siong in the garage, and we headed for Whitney Kendall's pawn shop. Allow me to make an overgeneralization. There's no such thing as a classy pawn shop. At best, they take advantage of desperate people, buying their most precious goods at a fraction of their actual worth. At worst, they're fences who turn stolen goods into untraceable cash. Every pawn shop I've ever been in had a kind of shiftiness about it, no matter how bright the lights or how polished the counters. That said, Kendall's curiosities looked to be a cut or two above the usual pawn operation. It was an exterior shop on a dusk-level plaza, with old-fashioned wood-framed windows, striped awnings, and potted trees. It reminded me a little of Spells for You, a magic shop I sometimes go to. Fortunately, the similarity ended with the proprietor. Oh, good afternoon, sir. A very fine day to you, indeed. Yeah, right back at ya. You got an awful lot of clocks in here, don't you? Oh, yes, sir. They're a particular passion of mine. I have a beautiful grandfather clock over here, if you're interested. I believe it dates back to between 1834 and 1867, judging by the details of the escapement. It would look lovely in any home, especially if Thanks you... for no thanks, Mr. Kendall. I don't think big clocks and drunken magpies go together. I'm sorry? Never mind. I'm looking for books, not clocks. I hear you got something unusual in yesterday, a black leather book with nothing on the cover. Ah, yes! That one is very special. I'm afraid it's not for sale until it's been properly appraised, though. (laughs) Maybe I can help you with that. Here, my card. Mila Vionary? Vionary rhymes with ornery, which I am. I see. And from Alta Incorporated, this is my lucky day. Mine too. I've been looking for this thing for a while. You got it handy? I'd like to take a look for it myself. It's in the safe in the back. Let me run and get it. What are you doing? You know nothing about appraising artifacts. (laughs) First of all, okay, stop sneaking up on me when you're invisible. Second, I don't have to appraise it. All I gotta do is look at it, make sure it's the right thing, tell them we'll be back tomorrow with more tools. Couldn't be simpler. Very well. If it is the right book, I will tap your shoulder. All right. And here we are. All right. Let's take a look at this. Huh. Well, it looks old. Yes, but remarkably well preserved. Very little yellowing for a book this old. The text is still perfectly legible. Yeah, that's some perfectly legible gibberish right there. Yes, but I haven't shown you the best part. This is what it looks like with the lights on. But if I turn the lights off... Spirits, would you look at that? Glow in the dark letters printed over the regular ones. How'd they do that without magic? I'm not certain. At first I thought it was radioactive paint, like the old glow-in-the-dark watches. But in a book this old, that would have long since faded out. My current theory is it's some kind of long-lived phosphorescent material. But I'm sure Alta must have the equipment to analyze it, yes? Oh, yes, of course. I just... 
don't have it here with me, you know. All that hardware gets heavy for a little guy like me. Say, now that I can read it, I wonder what the title is. Men Moranu. Huh. That sounds like old tongue. Yes, Mr. Vionry. Men Moranu. The path under the shadows. Ugh. Something wrong? Just got a bad pinch in my shoulder. Don't mind me. Uh, what's that mean? The path under the shadows? I didn't get briefed on this assignment as thoroughly as I would like. Well, I've been doing some digging since this fell in my lap. Putting a few calls to friends at universities and the like. It seems that the men more knew was a treatise on the secrets and power of the Plane of Shadows. The Plane of Shadow? Isn't that the place Lord But I, uh, I mean the Prince of Daedra comes from? Thank you for not using the name, but the, the, the title isn't much better. Sorry. So, um, if the plane belongs to, um, that guy, Big Mr. Shadow, uh, isn't it probably a bad idea to have anything to do with it? Well, he, he didn't create the plane of shadow. It's just part of our world. He was just the first to discover it. Wizards have used the power of shadow for centuries in small ways, particularly illusions. Every illusionist has a little shadow in their magic. You don't say. Some more than others, I'll bet. Oh, yes. There are stories of master shadow mages who could travel unseen over great distances, conjure tools and creatures made from shadow, veil objects so completely that no seer could find them. Walk through shadows from one room to another? Yes! You've heard the same stories, I see. Oh, believe me, there are more than stories. Uh, Aliri, we are out of time. Where, where, where did she come from? Right now, I'm guessing no place you want to visit. You stay right there, sweet cheeks. We're going to have a little chat. What are you doing? Take the book and we can go. But, but it's my book. I'm not going one more damn step until you answer some questions. Do not point that gun at me, you idiot. Enemies, come this way. Enemies. And I'm thinking maybe they're enemies. already here. Do the Lightbringers know you're a Shadow Mage, Siong? What's Lam Xiong going to do with that kind of power? They get their hands on it. Paranoid fool, I am trying to stop that damn book from being used. Sure, sure, you're a public servant. Maybe you'll lock it away in a vault for 80 years like Wizard Shield did. Because we know she never read the damn thing. That would have been wrong. Aliri, listen to me. That book is a danger to all who read it. I have more reason to know this than most. I swear to you, on my power, I seek only to prevent mortals from using that book to do harm. That gave me pause. A wizard's oath means something, and if they break it, it costs them. They don't swear by their power unless they really, really mean it. Xiong was as cold and hard as the glaciers of her homeland, and her power was obviously touched by shadow. But maybe that just meant she knew the dangers of shadow better than most. I guess it made sense. If somebody worked with nuclear reactors for a living, they might make it their business if somebody published a book on how to build one in your garage. Maybe, just maybe, Xiong was on the level. I sighed and lowered my gun. Thank you, Mr. O'Leary. Unfortunately, while we were arguing, the sun sank behind the mountains, and the whole city of Metamore fell into shadows. Thirty seconds later, half a dozen vampires climbed out of a panel van and barged into the shop. Nobody move! Kane Dor, I'd hoped never to see your ugly face again. The feeling was mutual, O'Leary. 
I still haven't forgotten the way you screwed me over. You know, memory's a funny thing. I haven't forgotten the way I exposed a senator who has taken bribes from some two-cent vampire bottom feeder and got him kicked out of office. But I guess one man's patriotic detective work is another man's screwing. Always the funny guy, ain't ya? Always with the little jokes. Well, I ain't laughing, Grainy! I'm not surprised. Humor requires a highly sophisticated grasp of language. But you probably still like those little books with all the pictures in them. <laughs> oh, good. We found your level of fluency. Give me the damn book before I tear your head off and stick a straw down your scrawny neck! Well, see, technically the book's not actually mine. The guy who bought it is this sap behind me, so really it's his scrawny neck you should be looking to. Larry, what are you doing? I, I, I don't want any trouble, Mr. Door, sir. You want the book? Here, take it. No! Wait! Thank you, Mr. Kendall, for being so reasonable. As for you, O'Leary, you ever stick your nose in my business again, it'll be the last time! Oh, I'm planning on it. Come on, boys. They're, they're gone. You fools! You let them take the book! Yes, back to Door's lair, which I know where it is. And now I can call the Lightbringers and tell them where he is and that he has the men more new. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume they know what that is. You... How do you know he will take the book? There? Because Dor hasn't got the brains to fill a teacup. The smartest thing he might think to do is turn it over to the vampire prince. And if he does that, he's got to go through channels, which means waiting to hear back. More likely, he'll try to sell it again for himself so he gets paid twice for the same piece of loot, which also means waiting. Either way, we got a span to act in. We'll call ahead and have the Lightbringers meet us there. Very well. But if this does not work, I will hold you responsible. Larry. And if it does work, you'll take all the credit. Sometimes I love my job. Well, there it is. Kane Door's super secret home base. Where is it? Right there, across the street. That is a flower shop. Yep. The big scary vampire predatory lender runs his operation... Out of a flower shop. Hey, would you expect it? He doesn't meet his clients here. This is just the back office. Uh, come on, that driver in the van behind us looks like a light bringer. Let's go say hello. Rafak Aliri. Jin? That's us. I'm Agent Kelsey Stanton. Lothanasi order. Well, what have we got here? <laughs> we just got here ourselves. Kane Dora had six other vamps with him when he took the book. It's black leather, but this big, funny writing, hidden text that glows in the dark. He may still have it on him. If not, it'll be either in the fire safe or in the hidden compartment in his desk. How do you know all this? Private eye, ancient Stanton. Knowing things I'm not supposed to is my job. How do you want to play this? Well, Dor's not a subtle guy, so I'm thinking the direct approach. I've got 20 combat agents in the back of this van and two gunships on standby. That is an impressive number. Well... When the boss heard Memoranu, his face turned an interesting color. Are you sure Dor's here? Well, I haven't knocked on the door or poked my head in, if that's what you mean. I'm an investigator, not a soldier. I'm not walking into the lion's den on purpose. Let me take a look. I can veil myself and go in through the back. All right. But if we don't hear back from you in five minutes, we're coming in after you. Here, take an earpiece. Thank you. I will return shortly. Interesting lady. Yep. Got sort of a creepy shadow vibe off her. Yeah, I noticed that. She's going to betray us and take the book, isn't she? Most likely. Right. 
We move in two minutes. Have fun with that. <laughs> Agent Stanton, this is Eagle 2. Do you read? We are getting multiple spatial distortions in your immediate area. Blast it! An outsider incursion now? How many? There's some interference, but I see at least four. Repeat, four separate incursion events surrounding the target of interest. You're about five meters inside the incursion zone. Spatial breach in less than two minutes. Damn it. All right, everybody out. Fire teams in defensive positions. Get clear of the zone. CNC, get me those gunships. RFN. We're on our way. Where do I go? What do I do? Stay close to me and keep up, Shorty. Move. This is not my day. There. Get up the fire escape. Breach in one minute. O'Leary, listen to me. Whatever comes out of those portals, stay hidden. High ground is probably enough, but if they've got wings, you get yourself inside and behind a threshold. Beg, bribe, do whatever you have to, but get inside somebody's home and stay there. Most of these things are like vamps. They can't enter a home uninvited. 30 seconds! Whatever you do, do not engage the hostiles, you get me? You're a civilian. Don't try any heroics. That's our job. I got it. Watch your back, ma'am. They're coming through! All agents, open fire! I'd never really seen the Lightbringers go to work before that day. I hope I never do again. The things that came out of those portals were exactly what Siang said. Nightmares. I didn't get too close a look at any of them, but there were lots of claws and legs and tentacles and way too many eyes and mouths and teeth. Some were black as an oil slick. Others looked like they were made of living shadow. It was like the ninth hell had gone on an acid trip and stopped in on an S&M shop along the way. Sometimes I dream about it, and I wake up screaming. The monsters went after the flower shop, bursting glass and tearing their way inside. The vamps fought back, and the lightbringers closed in from behind. I guess that was probably the first time the vampires and the lightbringers were ever on the same side of a fight. It got bad. Some of the vamps got eaten by the shadow things. Dor turned into fog and ran away, and I really couldn't blame him. The Lightbringers took some hits, too, and five of the agents in Stanton's team went down. But the Libs are the best in the world at what they do, even when it isn't pretty. They never broke. And when the gunships arrived, well, the monsters pulled out of there pretty quick. The ones that weren't in pieces, anyway. When it was all over, I climbed down and helped Stanton search through the rubble. Any sign of Siang? Nope. Nor the book, neither. Somebody emptied the safe, and the desk is a pile of broken wood. Blast it. I'd pay good money to know who sent those outsiders. I'm thinking maybe they weren't sent. Maybe they were called. Siang? She swore to me that she didn't want any mortals using the book. I never asked what she might be willing to do to make sure they didn't. You know, that's an interesting choice of words. Mortal. What do you mean? I worked security once for a state visit from Prince Ball. Got close enough to smell his aura. Uh, wow. I can't even imagine. Yeah, that sort of thing stays with you. Seon Jin's aura had the same smell about her. You don't think... Um, how many kids has Ball got running around? Enough that we can't keep track of them all. And they're all very, very good illusionists. And, uh, not exactly mortal, are they? Not in the least. Son of a... 
She weaseled me on a technicality. <laughs> yep. Like father, like daughter. <sighs> I caravaned out of there with the Lightbringers, which probably saved me a couple hours of police questioning. I had a feeling the Lothanasi and MCPD would be squabbling over the jurisdiction on this one for a while. I called Vionery from the skimmer, gave him the news. He didn't ask for any of the retainer back since I'd held up my end. I could have let it go at that point, headed home and called it a day. But I'm a lot like Candle. I don't let go of a puzzle so easy. I checked a few things, confirmed a few hunches, and headed for the Soulshore docks on the north end of town. It's a quiet place, mostly local shipping across the Sea of Souls to Arabob in the west and my home country of Inulutanaka in the north. I walked past the fishing boats and the little shipping barges to a little battered old mid-sized freighter with a very interesting name. Ahoy there, SS Tenebra. Request permission to come aboard. Aliri, What are you doing here? How did you find me? <laughs> Sweetheart, do you know how annoying that question is for a detective? You can relax. I'm not here for the book. Though you probably don't want to show your face on Lightbringer turf for a while. I see. Then why are you here? Curiosity. There's some pieces of all this that don't add up for me. And seeing as I helped you get the book, I figure you owe me. We shall see. What do you want to know, Mr. O'Leary? Well, first, does Lomshiun even know about the men Moranu? Because I figure you got the ambassador to send you. Alta must have checked your bona fides. I'm guessing you're a real member of the diplomatic corps. So it's real strange to think you'd jeopardize that by taking the book away from your own country. Unless they never knew they had it. How do you know I'm not taking it back to Lomshiun right now? Because <laughs> Lomshiun is that way. On the other hand, Daddy's home base is this way, in Arabarb. Come on, Siang, I'm a Luton. I know my Northland's geography. Very well. I suppose it hurts nothing for you to know. The official who sold the book to Wizard Shield did not understand what he had. He thought it was a Western mage's diary, nothing more. The book hides its nature when necessary. It will be replaced by a safer volume that was prepared for this purpose. My government will be satisfied. So, no international incident. That's great. I'm sure it'll be a big comfort to the Lightbringers who are getting their limbs reattached after your monsters ripped them off. Those were not my monsters, Mr. O'Leary. No? So who sent them? Santa Claus? There is much you mortals do not understand about the lands outside. You think that because my father discovered the shadow that he is the master of all that dwells there. But the shadow knows no master. Its power can be drawn upon, can be used... Its paths can be walked, its secrets can be learned. But when you touch the shadow, the shadow also touches you. And unless you are very careful and very wise, you will draw the attention of things that should not be here. That is why I must take the book, Mr. O'Leary. You're not ready for it. Yeah. You know, I think maybe you're right. Well... See you around, Siang. Perhaps you shall, Mr. O'Leary. Perhaps you shall. And that's the end. Thank you all very much for coming. Thank you to the Metamore City players. And...
And thank you, Martin Labo Kozer, for occasional musical uh, stuff that he composed like since Friday. Yes, it's been working on since the very last minute. Any questions people have, I'd be more than welcome to take them outside. Have a great one. Oh my fucking God, it's done! <laughs> <laughs>